Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. This is the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storrell here alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor, KC Financial Advisors, with an office in Overland Park. We're online. All the past episodes, subscription links, everything you need, CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, great to be with you this week. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's uh, another super nice week in Kansas City. I've got a tea time scheduled for the weekend, so everything is pretty good. Well, how about, you, uh, how about on your end? You're, you're planning in advance. You already have your tea time. <laughs> you're, you didn't procrastinate setting up your tea time and, and no, having to no, settle no. for that, you know. What, what, what's a bad tea time, like three, three in the afternoon or something like that? Would that be Anything nice? after 12 o'clock. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's typically gotcha. a bad tea time. <laughs> so, Unless you're uh, playing nine holes at 5.30, and then it can be a pretty good tea time. There you go. If you had procrastinated, you may have ended up with that 1 p.m., 2 p.m. tea time, but it sounds to me like you were in planning in advance, and you probably have a pretty good one for the weekend. Huh? Well, I, I plan having really good golf partners who get really good tea times, but that's another story. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. Uh, however you get there, David, you got there, and that's what's important. <laughs> Sometimes uh, and, it takes a team. That's right. That's right. Uh, lots of lessons embedded in there that we'll probably bring right back up in our conversation today. We teased at the end of the last show that we're going to be talking about procrastinators on today's program. We're going to look at some of the financial matters that people tend to push off to a later date. And how wise is that? Is it good or bad to put these things off? How much trouble are we really getting ourselves into if we're procrastinating these things? Or, you know, does it depend on the situation? So we're going to get into some of these conversations on today's show. We've got a couple of different scenarios to go over. David, before we dive into each of these individual elements, I mean, is procrastination just in general a big ailment for a lot of people when it comes to their retirement plans? Oh, huge. I think because, frankly, whether, you know, you're a doctor, you're an engineer, you're um, a business person that doesn't work specifically with personal finance, there are so many nuances to to the business that I'm in and to making your personal financial stuff work through. It's not a matter of being smart. I have a lot of super smart clients. They're just not particularly financially inclined. They've been really good savers. They know where they spend their money and why. But putting it all together for retirement is pretty tricky. So they tend, a lot of them tend to put that off. And I've told my my nieces, my nephews, my daughters, when you're in your 30s, 20s, 30s, and early 40s, honestly, you need a very good high-level roadmap. You don't need a, I don't believe you need a detailed plan. You need to work on your career. You need to save at least 10% of what you make, and you need to make sure you don't have credit card debt. Hopefully buy a home. But when you're in your mid to late 50s and early 60s, putting things off, procrastinating your financial future is, it's not smart. And so kind of that retirement go zone of 55 and older is when you really need to get, if you haven't already gotten serious about your planning process, uh, you got to stop procrastinating. So I think the topics we're going to hit today are going to be the key things that people will tend to let fall through the cracks. And once you get into that 55 and older crowd, you need to shore all these things up. Great points, David. And so let's dive in and uh, start looking at some of these different scenarios. So, uh, you know, you'll let us know, is it bad to put these things off good? Or maybe it depends in a few of these situations. We know that's kind of a favorite word of the show here. Um, deferring taxes. So we're putting off tax, paying those taxes. Is that something that's good, bad, or it depends? Well, so I guess we should start off with an it depends. But 
it really depends on kind of one thing. Is your tax bracket going to be lower or higher in retirement than it is right now? So if it's going to be lower, then you should defer paying taxes for as long as possible. And out of your IRAs and 401ks and 403bs, that ends up being age 72 when your required distributions start. So the question is then, will your tax rate be lower or higher in retirement? We don't know what Congress is going to do. And we don't know, frankly, if the required distribution age is going to stay at 72. It used to be 70 and a half. I mean, they could raise it to 74, 75. But once those required distributions start, your tax bracket is very likely going up. And at that point, you have no choices. So the choices you make today before you get locked in by the IRS to those required distributions, those are super important to knowing, to having an understanding of how much tax you're going to pay in retirement. One other thing, I'm pretty sure we mentioned this on last week's podcast, but unless Congress does something proactive to change this, everybody's taxes are going up in 2026 because the Trump tax cuts expire and they're going to go back to where they were in, uh, what would that be, 2018 maybe? So for instance, here's a for instance. Uh, If you are in the 22% bracket, then in 2026, that's going back to 25%. If you're in the 12% bracket, that's going back to 15%. So And there are nuances within that. But my bet is that Congress is not going to make those tax cuts permanent. And we are going to revert. So everybody's taxes are going up at least a little bit by 2026. Lots to consider when it comes to taxes, as always. And that's why that one certainly depends a little bit on your situation. But uh, some good food for thought there. So procrastinators, you're not completely called out on that one. So uh, no worries. (laughs) Uh, How about the next one here, David? Eliminating debt. Good, bad, it depends to put that off. Yeah, so um, it's been a long time since I've railed against credit card debt. So maybe maybe I'll give it a, a, a 60 second rail today. There are certain types of debt which you absolutely positively do not want and cannot carry into retirement. And frankly, if you're 40 and you got credit card debt, you, have a, you need to figure that out right now. Credit card debt and consumer debt is like rust on your car or termites in your house. It's eating away at your financial future. You just might not be able to see it right now, but it is a big problem. And without going into any more detail than that, if you have those things, you cannot carry consumer debt into retirement if you want to have the retirement that you're dreaming of. Automobile debt, that's okay, <laughs> unless your car is living above your means. So there are a lot of deals out there right now at 0% for five years. Well, if you're going to pay it off in five years and it's a car that you can actually afford, it fits into your plan, knock yourself out. If you retire at 65 and you're going to drive until 85, well, you're going to need a car or two during that time. So I don't have a big problem with, with car debt. And a home mortgage, I get this question from a lot of people and it's a very emotional thing for my clients let alone people you talk to just wherever you happen to be. So my view on home mortgage debt is this. If you're 64 and you just bought a big new home and you paid 20% down, that's a problem. If you have a home you've been living in for 20 years and you have a 30-year mortgage and it's at 25 or 3%, 
I don't think that's a problem at all, carrying that into retirement. Now, I have clients that say, Dave, I don't want a mortgage payment in retirement, and that's fine. They can rush that along and, and pay that off, and that's perfectly fine. But what, what I want you to remember is your mortgage payment is made up of four different things, almost always. Principal pay down, interest, insurance, and taxes. Well, once your mortgage is gone, you still have insurance and taxes. So when you're looking at your mortgage payment, make sure you understand that <laughs> your insurance payment is going to continue, as are your real estate taxes. The other two components, principal pay down and interest. Well, if you have a low interest rate, then it's probably a very small percentage of the payment because the bigger component of the payment is going to be the principal pay down. And all you're doing there is taking money out of one of your pockets and putting it into another pocket, that principal pay down. Visualize taking money out of your checking account and putting it into your home equity account. You didn't save any money by eliminating that piece of your mortgage payment. The only piece that you save is the interest payment component of that mortgage. So I, as a professional doing what I do for a living, most times I have no problem with people carrying a home mortgage into their retirement. It needs to fit into their plan. It needs to be premeditated, but that's not a big thing. So the question <laughs> probably now five minutes ago, Walter, was <laughs> should I eliminate debt? Is that a good or a bad thing? Eliminating credit card and consumer debt is a very good thing. You have to do that. Automobile, eh, kind of a, kind of a coin toss. And home mortgage, that's really an emotional decision. I don't see a financial reason in most cases to eliminate a mortgage that's going to be paid off in the next five or 10 years. So it's uh, that one still sort of falls in the it depends, depending <laughs> on the kind of debt. Yeah, yeah. it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that's a good one. And then how about, um, let's talk about legal legal items, like setting up your legal and estate documents. Is that bad to put off? That sounds bad to put off. Yeah, that's super bad to put off. That's even bad to put off when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s. So, I mean, especially if you have a, a, a young family. If you're, if you're single, then you have a lot of flexibility as to when you're going to do most of these things. But if you have a, a family, young family, or kids in high school or kids in college, these are things you have to have right because you don't get do-overs if you die young. So the urgent things that I would say are beneficiary designations on your retirement accounts, any annuities you might have. Uh, make sure that those beneficiary designations, make sure you have a primary and secondary beneficiaries. Uh, I've got stories of where both the, the owner of the account and the, and the primary died in the same car wreck. And there were no secondary beneficiaries. It creates a whole new list of problems. So make sure you list primary and secondary and make sure they're still who you want on those. They're super easy to change, but you have to actually do it. Young families and people in their 40s, cheap term life insurance is super important. It's kind of, that's, I'm putting that into estate planning it's not necessarily a document, but it's so important. And term insurance is so cheap that you have to make sure you're protecting your family for the next 20 and 30 years if you happen to leave the planet early. And then the other urgent things are powers of attorney, both financial and healthcare, and um, HIPAA authorizations. That allows doctors and nurses to talk to your family about your situation. They may do it anyway, but they're not doing it legally unless you have HIPAA authorizations. So those are the urgent things, the important things that you need to set up legal and estate document 
types of things. You want to make sure that you, that if you die young, if, if, frankly, whenever you die, your heirs don't have to pay an attorney to take your assets through probate court. And the most frequent assets of yours that are going to go through probate and are going to cost your heirs thousands of dollars and probably nine months of headache are your bank accounts, your cars, and your home, all three of which can be handled with beneficiary designations. You just have to know how to do it. And Walter, I'm just thinking sometime over the last three or four months, we did a, a, a podcast and that's all we talked about were these types of avoiding probate issues. So you're super good about being able to put links into these podcasts. So I'm not going to go through those items right now, but if we could put a link to that, uh, that is super important, whether you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, avoiding probate for your heirs. We can certainly link to that in the podcast and make sure that folks can find that previous episode um, to talks about probate and those kinds of items. So we will absolutely do that, David. Just check the description of the show, and we'll link to those helpful resources for you and previous content to make it easy for you to find. All right, so so far we've covered deferring taxes, eliminating debt, and setting up your legal and estate documents. What about Social Security? We have to bring that one into the equation, and let's put it in the context of delaying the start of your Social Security. So we're going to procrastinate taking Social Security. Good, bad, it depends? Yeah, well, so that kind of, um, that kind of depends, too. If we knew, ex- so just the, the starter is, that Social Security is built to be actuarially sound. And all that means is, if you die at approximately your life expectancy, it doesn't matter whether you started early and got a smaller amount, or started late at age 70 and got the biggest amount possible. You're going to get the same dollar amount over your lifetime if you die in your early 80s, just to to kind of round it off. But if you live long or you have other types of things, then there are reasons why you might want to start early and you might want to start late. So here are a couple of examples that I've seen just over the last two months with clients of mine. If you've saved less than you hoped for, then honestly, you ought to work an extra few years beyond your full retirement age and delay. So your Social Security goes up by 8% a year until you start taking it. Now, that's 8% simple, so here's what that means. Let's say you get $1,500 a month at your full retirement age, 66 and four months. If you wait, that $1,500 is going to go up by 8% a year. So $120 each year. It's not compounded growth, but it's simple growth, and that's great. So $1,500 a month becomes $1,620 a month if you wait a year. Well, if you work that year and you put money into your Roth, or your 401k, you're that much happy, you're that much wealthier in your retirement accounts. Your social security check is going to be that much greater. And not to be morbid, you're one year closer to your date of death. So your money has to last one year less than it otherwise would. That's the first example. The second would be genetics. If your genetics, if you're pretty sure that your genetics tell you you're unlikely to live into your 80s, then there's every reason to start taking Social Security early. And then I've had this two times in the last month. In both cases, it happened to be a husband. But the husband was 12 to 15 years older than his spouse. So the answer for them was, well, he starts at 70. 
to get the biggest amount possible that she will then convert to when he dies. And she starts at 62 because there's no real reason for her to wait any later. So then the, the, the final thing here is none of this was advice for you. <laughs> so there are a lot of nuances to when you should optimally start Social Security. And I think what you'd want to do is get some pretty good advice on this. It's a big piece of your retirement income. And it has a cost of living increase to it, which most pensions don't have. So it's a super good benefit. And you just want to make sure that you get some, some good advice. Or if you're a do-it-yourselfer, do your own homework to make sure that you're doing what's best for you and your family when you're not here anymore. We knew we would get Social Security in there somehow, and uh, it was uh, number four point of the day, that's for sure. All right, uh, last but not least, David, getting a plan in place. Good to procrastinate that? I'm going to guess this one's bad, too. Oh, it's, it's great to not have a plan. You know, my favorite vacations, like three-week vacations, are when I just get in the car, pack a few shorts and shirts, and I have no idea where I'm going but the gas is full. So obviously... Depending on your sense of adventure, I mean, that, that could be a good vacation. <laughs> I just don't know people that have ever done that. But I know a lot of people that are launching into retirement without a plan, and I just that just doesn't make sense to me. So I would say, yeah, you. it's a bad thing to put off your plan. Now, I might have mentioned this earlier in this podcast, but if you're in your 20s or 30s or early 40s, your plan can be relatively simple. You have a goal of, you want to be a two times millionaire in your 401k when you retire, or you want to retire at 60, or maybe you want to retire at 55, and then your planning process has to be a lot more uh, keen, a lot more good, and a lot earlier. But you have to have a plan, especially when you get into your 50s and you know, the earlier the better, because what you don't want to do is get to retirement and have fewer options than you would like to have. More options are better. I've never heard anybody sit in my office and say, wow, I wish I didn't have so many options as to what I could do with the rest of my life. You know, everybody I know wants to be able to make the choices that they want to be able to make. And that comes from feathering your own nest. In other words, saving all along the way so that you have a fairly significant amount of assets when you decide to stop working or when you decide to work optionally. That's my favorite thing is when people have done so well for themselves that when they get to be 58 or 62 or maybe even 67, they want to keep working because they want to, but not because they have to. So making work optional, in my view, is the goal of having a really good plan. If your idea, if you're sitting there listening to this podcast today and you're 32 years old and you want to retire, you want to make work optional at 50, you need a good plan right now. So having a plan is where it all comes from. Nobody leaves for a two-week vacation not having a plan. But a lot of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s do not have a good retirement plan. And that's silly. It's so in your control. We've done some pretty good podcasts with the do-it-yourselfers on what's in these plans. But when I look at, the, at how I spend my time, what is most valuable for my clients? It is setting up a plan and then activating that plan, putting it into motion, 
and updating it every year so that they are confident that their retirement is going to work out just like they envisioned it or better. Planning, silly thing to put off. You know what? Take a couple of steps toward putting your plan in place today. At the end of this podcast, put a couple of steps in place today. You'll be so happy you did. And if you do want to take those steps and talk to David about your own complete planning review and starting that process, just getting a good look at where you stand with your financial and retirement plan and where you need to go from here, a couple of easy ways to get in touch to start that process. One, go to coveryourassetskc.com and look on the website for where you can easily get in touch, ask a question, or set up time for that complimentary complete planning review. That's CoverYourAssetsKC.com, and we'll link to it in the description of today's show. You can also call 913-317-1414 if you uh, prefer to go direct to the source. That's 913-317-1414 to reach the KC Financial Advisors team. With an office in Overland Park serving you all over the place, though, uh, give a call, reach out if you have any questions about your financial plan, and if you have decided, I don't want to procrastinate anymore, I want to get the job done and uh, get my plan in place. Well, welcome to the club. And uh, those are some ways that you can get it started. David, thanks for walking through these five elements uh, that people often will put off or procrastinate. Some good, some bad, some. It just depends on the situation. But appreciate your guidance, and we'll look forward to uh, another chat next week. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't put this off any longer. So hopefully it was helpful for people, and I'll look forward to next week as well. ba ba doom Oh, I'm funny, Walter. I am very funny. Got a little sense of humor, just a little (laughs) bit. That's right. Very good. Uh, We'll chat with David next week, and we hope you'll be back then to join us as well. New episodes every week. Be sure to uh, join us each time for the Cover Your Assets KC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other. For full disclosures, please visit our website at www.coveryourassetskc.com.